This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, May 20th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The U.S. Census revised its headcount of Illinois in a 2020 survey. We'll talk about the impact on the state when it comes to federal funding and perhaps uh, uh, congressional representation coming up in just a couple of minutes. But it is Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by St. Xavier University. And uh, as we graduate out of uh, Education Week, we'll talk about Graduation Day. College graduates are entering a hot labor market, and that as employers significantly boost recruiting. We welcome in Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Uh, In previous graduation seasons, we've been talking about the weak job market for college graduates and uh, probably a softer situation when it comes to salary. But in this very hot hot job market and uh, at a time when uh, employers employees of uh, pretty much any age can demand anything of their employer uh, what should uh, these recent graduates look for and ask for and get as uh, they are entering the job market this year sure let's take a quick look at this though we've got uh, the the survey of companies nationwide suggests that companies are going to uh, have a 30 to 50% increase in the number of college graduates that they will hire this year versus last year. Uh, some of that has to do with the tech sector, places like you know, Northern California, et cetera, where they're, they're emphasizing that. But it's up, it's up nationally everywhere, and we have 11.5 million uh, oppor- opportunities as of March. The other thing that's going to really impact this is there's been a, uh, an 82% drop in the, in the key age group, which is 28 to 54, who have just basically left the job market. So they're not participating at all. So there's this, there's this collision of a lot of data points. So if you're looking at what you should be doing as a, as a, as a graduate, I think the, the important thing, again, we go back to this, you have the leverage, but the leverages should not be specifically about money. That first job is a place for you to think about how do I build my skill set and learn and become better at what I like to do and verify that's what I want to do for the next role. And that next role can be in that same organization, but it's about not just the job out of the gate, but what's my career path with this organization and the, and the role that I'm pursuing? Because the money is going to be there. The, the, it's too competitive now for it not to be. How will this job market, though, set the class of 2022 up for a solid fun, financial foundation later in life? Because there have been studies that suggested that uh, people who graduated from college, you know, in the a- immediate aftermath of the uh, Great Recession, the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009, uh, they're still struggling to catch up. And uh, this particular class, you know, because they're coming into such a hot job market, 
market, how is that going to have uh, benefits to them later in life and later in their career? Yeah, a rising tide floats all boats. So we really have to look at the idea that, um, first of all, if you have a college degree, whether it's right or not, statistically, your likelihood of making a lot more money than the average person now and through the rest of your life, it's just a flat fact. Certainly, college costs and tuitions and loans have, have put that uh, have put a tremendous amount of pressure on recent college graduates. The market's good now, so this this market shouldn't suffer like the last. But we're also dealing with the threat of inflation. So if you're going to look at that and, and you're a college graduate, I think you need to think about uh, some some winter wheat, you know, looking for the opportunity to set money aside, perhaps some of the incentive programs that may be available at some Employers may be about offsetting your loans or even forgiving them, so those sorts of things. So don't expect that uh, this great time to get a job and get a good offer means that that will be the case five years from now. We know things change rapidly worldwide and certainly in the U.S. On a, on a monthly basis. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Coming up next, we'll talk about the impact of the census recount on the state of Illinois. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Right now, the U.S. Census Bureau is revising the Illinois headcount for its 2020 survey, and it has uh, new insights about the population of Illinois. Let's learn about that change and what it means with Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thanks for joining us today. What is the nature of the undercount in the state of Illinois, and uh, how does that uh, uh, reflect a couple of uh, prevailing narratives about the state? Well, we don't know uh, the details yet uh, as, as to why they undercounted or who was undercounted, whatever. What we do know is that the Census Bureau, after each census, a year or two later, they take it, they go back and take another look, and usually they, they just make some small changes. Well, in this case, they uh, they determined that they made some pretty big mistakes. There were uh, 14 states where where what they think the real population was and what they originally reported are statistically different from one another. In the case of Illinois. They missed one in 50 of us, 2%. And what that means is that instead of being this dying state that lost uh, that lost people in the last decade, we gained 250,000 people, give or take, uh, which puts us uh, close to what other Midwestern states are doing. A little less, but uh, certainly a lot better than losing. Of course, this uh, the, uh, the 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 pandemic, uh, especially you know, slamming ashore at the time in 2020 when the uh, census count was set to get underway, uh, certainly impacted the ability of the Census Bureau to uh, count noses in the year of 2020. But um, the preliminary count was used to determine congressional apportionment. I mean, there there have been all sorts of discussions about congressional maps based on the 2020 census, and some states lost a seat or gained a seat based on inaccurate numbers. Um, is that going to reflect the uh, redistricting fight, or is it too late? It is probably too late based on uh, past court precedent, although interestingly, the two states that uh, that uh, were most undercounted, Florida and Texas, uh, have a pretty good argument that they would have gotten another congressional seat or two. Uh, so maybe they'll go to court uh, rather than Illinois. In our case, what we picked up probably isn't enough uh, to get a seat. Uh, where it, I think there is some significance, though, other than the psychology of it. It, it allows you to pre- present yourself as a, as a state that's growing rather than a state that's declining. It just means more money. 
Uh, there's lots of federal aid programs that are based per capita, per person. And if you got more persons, a bigger population, guess what? You get more money. It could be hundreds of millions of dollars over, over the next few years. And then how much, uh, compared to previous census cycles, you know, 2%, 3%, uh, 4% discrepancy in some cases, is this common or is this out of the ordinary compared to, say, 10 years ago or 20 years ago? This is, uh, as best I can as best I can tell, is pretty unusual, Rob. Um, uh, you know, like I said, the Bureau didn't say why uh, they screwed up as badly as they did. But my suspicion is the same as yours. Uh, in the middle of COVID, if somebody's working remotely from their summer place in Wisconsin or, or Michigan, or they decide to go to Hawaii for six months, where do they live? <laughs> do they live in Illinois or do they live where the summer place is? Uh, uh, that and the constant difficulty of the Bureau has in counting minority people. Illinois has a lot of the uh, minority residents. They're, they're difficult to count because the, they move a lot. Uh, the, they live in, in some cases, they're not legal. They don't want to be counted. Um, uh, but, you know, we don't know exactly why. The Bureau hasn't said what we do know is there's more of us than there were. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. A segment of two people, and that count is accurate. Coming up, this year's crop of college graduates has some excellent timing when it comes to entering the workforce, plus a discussion about the University of Illinois system as Education Week continues. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. We're wrapping up Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, and in this segment, we'll focus on in-state institutions. We welcome in Tim Colleen, the president of the University of Illinois System in Urbana-Champaign. Tim, thanks for joining us today, and let's begin with the first and most important question, ILL. I and I. All right. right. You passed the test, Tim. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, What can someone get as an in-state resident? Uh, As far as paying tuition, what is their bill generally uh, if they go to a University of Illinois school? Well, we've been really focused on affordability. Uh, Six of the last eight years, frozen tuition. So when our students have less debt, it's uh, affordable. Two-thirds of our students don't pay the full tuition. So we focus a lot on that. Our tuition has been capped pretty much for the last six or eight years, even with inflation. So it's an affordable, world-class opportunity. We have something for everybody. Uh, And uh, many of our students don't pay tuition because we've been increasing our financial aid, too. So I encourage anybody interested to look at all the options for financial help. As far as uh, students from the Chicago area are concerned, what is the mixture at University of Illinois campuses? Uh, How many go to UIC, uh, just west of downtown, and how many go to uh, Champaign-Urbana just because uh, the three-hour drive down I-57 is just enough separation from mom and dad? (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, both of our major universities are growing in enrollment. We've got all-time high. So it's, it's 34,000 in Chicago, and it's in the 50,000s in, uh, in Champaign-Urbana. Um, and so there are options for everybody uh, coming down that far south. trip I've made many, many times is not so bad. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's something for everybody, either in Chicago or downstate. But we've also got a, a world-class liberal arts school in the state capital in Springfield, which is a more intimate setting yet. So um, uh, students fare well in our, one of our three universities. We'd love to show anybody who's interested. 
What kind of value does a state school, whether it's uh, the University of Illinois or the University of Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, your other uh, Big Ten brethren, uh, what type, what kind of a, a resource is that to a state, and what kind of value uh, does it bring to the state's economy and just intellectual vibrancy? Thanks for asking that. We've just finished an economic impact study for the whole university system, and it's $19 billion a year contributions to the state's economy and that includes all of the 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 jobs that are you know flow from the university all the research that comes in from federal resources that's over a billion dollars and all of the general activities that rob that makes up more than two percent of the whole state's gdp as it were one in every 46 jobs flows from the university of illinois system so we have a huge impact and, and what I just said doesn't really take it into account, the, the vibrancy of the graduates. 75% of our graduates stay in Illinois. They raise families, they buy homes, they eat hamburgers, and they contribute to their tax base. So the impact is enormous, and the return on the investment is huge. So we're grounded in the state. We serve the state. We serve the public good, and that's why we're so committed to uh, access, affordability, really high quality of everything we touch, including the distance education products uh, that we have. Um, and, I, you know, it's a great question. I, I would love to answer it in more detail. We can send you the full report on all of the economic impact uh, efforts. And, of course, the research that flows and the contributions to healthcare. Our work in COVID was like a national model, for example, and all the work we're doing on things like cybersecurity, on agriculture, on energy, on cities, living in cities, et cetera, are also major contributions. So it's the intellectual side of the house as well as the purely financial impact. Tim Colleen, president of the University of Illinois System. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown talks about the circumstances behind a deadly shooting on the near north side last night. Mayor Lightfoot also comments on the violent incident that then shifted onto the CTA red line. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the Noon Business Hour. We meet a Chicago based chef who's bringing a southern flair to healthy side dishes that you can find at the grocery store. WBBM BBM business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 495 points. The NASDAQ is down 342. The S&P 500 is down 87. AccuWeather says breezy, very warm and humid today. Clouds and limited sunshine. A couple of showers and thunderstorms around. A high today of 85. 
79 degrees right now under cloudy skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. Chicago police are going through evidence and reviewing video footage following a shooting at Chicago and State last night that left two people dead, seven others wounded. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown says it started outside the nearby McDonald's when two groups got into a fight. Gunfire erupted. The alleged shooter then ran into the Red Line station where they were arrested. We are furthering our investigation and working with the state's attorney pending uh, charges. I'm confident that uh, our officers uh, captured the shooter and recovered the weapon used. Brown says another person was taken into custody after interfering with the investigation. A woman was critically injured after falling onto the uh, the third rail on the red line tracks during the incident. At an event this morning, the mayor called the shooting another tragedy for the city. As we learn more details about what happened, it's going to feel like deja vu all over again. Young people coming together, getting into a fight, and the difference maker if someone had a gun. We'll have much more on this story coming up throughout the day. It's 1232 on the noon business hour. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Well, I guess we're as far as the S&P 500 is concerned. It's officially a bear market. Um from a technical standpoint, there's been a lot of discussion about capitulation uh, these days. What is market capitulation, and what would that look like, and what are the targets in this context uh, that would uh, that would say that we've arrived at that point? Yeah, unfortunately, it's a word that's used too often in bear markets. Capitulation just simply means you have this big whoosh to the downside where everybody who wants to sell panic sells at the lows. You get rid of that last sellers and the market stops going down. Simple as that. The problem is it works very, very well in bull market corrections in real bear markets. All it does is stanch the bleeding for a couple of days uh, before the market turns down again. So you got to be very careful about that word. It's bandied about a, a little bit too much from the hopeful crowd uh, in bear markets. And it's very, very, very smart to not fight what we're seeing right now. It's, uh, you can see it in droves. There are numerous points of stress around the financial markets and around the economy in general. Uh, what kind of data points would we have to see uh, for the markets to turn around um, as the year goes on? Well, here's the problem right now. The numbers that came out of Target were so bad and so far worse than expectations for such an important company that it is now taking down guidance of all of Wall Street, all of corporate America. And when you take down guidance on earnings, the, the market's telling you that sales are coming down, profits are coming down. That's where you're seeing markets uh, coming down. So, um, I, it, there really isn't any one thing you have to see for markets to turn except for markets to turn. How do you know? Believe it or not, it's as simple as saying they just stop going down. We don't report 400-point down days. We get a 200-down da- uh, up day and only a 50-point pullback, then a 200-point up day and a 50-point pullback, and we start to see the stair steps up. And right now, all I can tell you is the institutional crowd is in recognition of uh, a big one, two, three punch right now, and that's inflation, higher rates, 
and a reversal of the wealth effect that really has driven the economy for a while, brought to you by the maniacs at the central bank, uh, flooding nine trillion bucks on top of an economy as well as markets that caused a lot of this, unfortunately. Are there uh, are, are there some place are there some deals to be had or some areas of strength? I mean, outside of the energy sector, uh, which is doing very well this year. Yeah, and energy's about it at this juncture. Uh, recently, the, the, there was strength in consumer staples. Uh, why? Because food, drug, beverages, tobacco, household products are deemed recession resistant. No matter what the economy does, you'll be okay. They even got them this week. And the reason is there's a certain rule in bear markets that eventually they get everything, anything sticking up, uh, the big institutions sell. And that's what happened there. So there's really not a lot of places to hide. And I'm not so sure I'd hide in energy stocks here either as they've had a good run. And if the economy starts to really get in trouble, there's going to be less demand for petroleum and prices will finally come down. And that'll cure the inflation, unfortunately, for the wrong reasons. Gary Kulpbaum, President Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Find him online, GaryK.com. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, an Entrepreneur Friday sharing a recipe for healthy green. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're getting a taste of healthy side dishes based on quality, healthy ingredients. Let's learn more from Chef David Fuller, founder and president of Eating to Live based in Chicago. Chef, Thanks for joining us today. Uh, you're um, exhibiting at the National Restaurant Association show uh, in Chicago this weekend. But uh, in your case, uh, you grew up in Englewood, and the uh, the journey from Englewood to McCormick Place, uh, it sounds like in your case, is about 25 years. <laughs> yes, it's been a long time coming. Thank you for having me. Grew up in Englewood, uh, also raised in the High Park neighborhood. Uh, and 25 years ago, I came to the show as a culinary student uh, in 1997, and I had a dream that I would have a booth one day, and so it has manifested, and we are excited and ready to go for tomorrow. And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Eating to Live. It's healthy side dishes. Um, so what was kind of the, the impetus for this? And uh, talk all about uh, the deal with Jewel. Yeah, so we, were, uh, we are manufacturers of health-conscious comfort foods. Uh, so we also have soups and uh, chilies and stews and other innovative uh, sides as well. Um, the, the, the inspiration uh, for Eating to Live was starting with my community with getting them to eat uh, healthier, um, to get rid of the heart disease, the diabetes, and the high blood pressure. So that was the inspiration. Um, we are currently in 85 Jewel uh food stores here in Chicagoland area in Northwest Indiana. Uh, the greens, collard greens and kale are sold in the deli section and the grab and go, uh, ready to heat meal, um, section. And we, uh, would love to have all of your listeners come out and try the world's greatest greens at Jewel food stores. And and what are outside of the collard greens? What are some of the uh, the, the kind of you know traditional uh, southern sides? How do you put a healthy spin on them and uh, and and also keep them flavorful as well? So what we do with uh, we have a great vegan black eyed peas and green beans uh, that we have, and to do a healthier spin, we 
instead of using chicken stock or turkey stock, of course, we're not using any uh, pork or animal products. We use vegetable stock, and uh, we have some uh, proprietary seasonings that uh, give you the essence of a ham hock without the ham. Uh, so that's our niche is to take uh, comfort foods that are familiar to us and make them better for us. And then when did uh, community health kind of become a passion for you? I think it out of uh, college, in the midst of college, uh, I read How to Eat to Live by Elijah Muhammad. And, uh, you know, in college, people were stop eating pork. And once I graduated, I, I think with uh, the obesity and uh, the high blood pressure in the community, and that was one of the, the monikers that I wanted to set out as a, you know, culinary creative is to uh, have an impact on the uh, the health and conditions of the members of my community. And it looks, you know, through this journey, I've been able to uh, extend that message to a lot of people. And I also mentioned uh, you were a uh, culinary arts and hospitality teacher at uh, the Chicago Vocational School uh, on the southeast side of the city. And uh, you will have your students with you at the show this weekend. So just as having a booth at the show was your dream, uh, this is a chance for you to pay it forward with your students. Absolutely. We've come uh, full circle. So I will have uh, my former students actually work in the booth who are in the industry in various capacities and food entrepreneurs. And on Monday, which is a high school investigation day sponsored by the Illinois Restaurant Association, we'll have a group of our uh, graduating seniors in the mighty class of 2022 at Chicago Vocational Culinary. And they will actually come and get a chance to do some sampling and interaction um, with the guests, and that will be a, a, one of those aha moments of past, present, and future uh, coming together. Chef David Fuller, founder and president of Eating to Live, based in Chicago. Check out his healthy sides at Jewel Osco stores across the Chicago area. Still to come, a look at Wall Street from the perspective of a stock market contrarian. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Many analysts see stocks rallying higher after posting recent lows, but don't be surprised if those gains evaporate before another retest. Joining us now, the look at markets through a contrarian lens is Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com based in Washington. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Um, the prevailing opinion right now when looking at the uh, state of the uh, stock market is that uh, there's really nowhere for investors to go and there's just simply uh, so much stress and nowhere to hide. Um, you are the contrarian. Uh, what is the contrarian view on the market at this moment. Uh, as you say in the intro, it's chances are that the, the market's going to keep going lower before it goes back higher. And the reason I say that is that there are too many people out there trying to guess when the bottom will come. And so the moment the market rallies, even if it's only for an hour or two, you see a lot of people coming back in the market. They're eager to pull the trigger on, uh, on their new purchases. And that is not the kind of sentiment you see when you hit a real bottom. At a real market bottom, what happens is people are so dejected and despairing that they say they're sworn off getting into stocks ever again. They, they say it's like Charlie Brown 
having been fooled too many times by Lucy holding the football and having it pulled away. And so that kind of thoroughgoing despair is really the sentiment that you'll see at a market bottom. And that's not consistent with what we're seeing, where people are trying to be eagerly pulling the trigger the moment the market shows any sign of strength. Now, a lot of these decisions are strictly psychological and trying to read the room and read sentiment. Are there technical indicators that uh, go along with uh, just somebody's gut? Absolutely. And I think that's an extremely important point to emphasize is that if you're going to be a contrarian, and I, uh, I fashion myself as one of them, you have to go beyond your subjective gut feeling to actually have objective measures of sentiment. There are a number of them out there. My firm calculates a number of them in the, in, you know, ourselves. And what we do is we, we track about 100 market timers, and we will calculate the average level in the market that they're telling their clients to be. And so that number is objective. We can compare it to yesterday, a month ago, or a year ago, and see are we more or less bullish. And unfortunately, we just don't see that thoroughgoing bearishness, that despair that I mentioned earlier that would be consistent with the bottom. And uh, so so once the despair gets uh, absolute, uh, that's when you could be confident to jump back in. Well, that's right. And of course, that's the problem because (laughs) you and I and everyone else, that's the last thing we'll want to do. Of course, we'll be despairing as well as everyone else. We'll have a lot of losses in our portfolio and the news will be absolutely awful. But interestingly enough, that's when the market turns around. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.